0: Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Meg from A Whole Health Life. Over on Instagram, we're going to chat about gut health. So hoping to branch into fermented foods a bit, priority foods that she finds useful in her own family to heal the gut and establish health. So a topic that we all are thinking a lot about, at least I think a lot of us have, certain things that we wish we could fix without having to rely on pharmaceuticals and all that kind of stuff. And so we're gonna be talking about that food, lifestyle, all that contributes to health. So let's dive into the interview. My name is Lisa, mother of seven and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Well, hey Meg, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, I really appreciate it. This is fun. Yeah, I know it's been a gosh, like <laughs> seven months ish. I know I last saw you at the Wellness Collective, and I was pregnant with Theodore, who is going to be seven months this week. So, oh my gosh, yeah, oh my gosh, <laughs> That's how that crazy. So, start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. I know that you have a few credentials as well.
1: Sure. So I'm Meg, Meg Kilcup, and I am a mom. I have three boys, four, six, and eight. A lot of energy is in our house. Married to Rob, we live in Washington, and I am a pharmacist um, by training. So went to school, got my doctorate of pharmacy, and was in that field for a decade, never actually worked in a pharmacy, didn't actually want to do that. I just wanted to help people and I love health and wellness, but I don't like blood and guts. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just be a pharmacist. I was very young and process of elimination. So anyways, I ended up getting really interested in patient safety and preventing adverse drug events because our nation is generally very over-medicated and there's just a lot of harm that comes Unfortunately, along with our healthcare system and medications, and just the way it all goes down. And so that kind of became my passion getting involved in preventing use of opioids, use of overuse of antibiotics, and just um, unnecessary deaths, honestly, from medicine, which should not be causing that. So, yeah, I did that for about 10 years, was kind of higher on the administrative level worked with doctors and quality leaders mostly and ended up, my passion became wanting to get people off of all their medications and creating health in their homes with their lifestyle. Cause I think that's where true health is created, not piling on the meds. So yeah, it led me to get an integrative health certificate. And now I just share about how powerful lifestyle is. <laughs> And that's what
0: I do. Yeah, that is quite the story, really. You went from studying to, you know, to be in medicine. And then now your whole goal is to get people Mm -hmm. to hopefully achieve where they can actually get off a lot of that medication. Right. So, one of the topics I really want to discuss is gut health. I know we hear a lot about it. Everybody probably at this point, you don't really have to even, you know, go into it without people already knowing what you're talking Mm -hmm. about.
1: But why is gut health? So important. Sure. So, gut health. I feel like it almost can get a bad rap these days because it almost feels so trendy. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually, you know, everyone's talk about like gut health, and I think that can mean a lot of different things to different people. But it's just kind of like the origin of how God made us to be. Um, we have microbes residing in our body that literally dictate everything from how we digest food to our mood and our mental health to whether or not we have allergies or digestive problems or attention problems or energy so i think a lot of people when they think of gut health they think of like their gut and like maybe IBS or just kind of digestion focused but because of the gut brain connection and the way it <laughs> connects through um the way the bacteria literally talk to our brain through our nervous system it impacts everything. And so gut health, I mean, we actually have the, the bacteria inside us. Their DNA outnumbers ours like 10 to 1. <laughs> so it's kind of funny when you think about like the bacteria literally like not driving our thoughts and our mood, but what happens in our gut impacts literally everything, even our hormones like serotonin, it touches everything, our immune system. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you just, you know, we talked about pharmacy school because when I was in school, we never even talked about gut health. We didn't talk about how the birth control pill can totally damage one's gut, which impacts other hormones, you know, everything, allergies, you know, ibuprofen, so many medications. is also like food people are eating everything (laughs) can either help or hurt our gut. And then it just bleeds out into our entire body.
0: Yeah. It affects everything. Yeah. So did you, do you have any specific stories or what was the catalyst for getting you into a lot of this? Do you have any specific stories from your family? Like somebody had a damaged gut or something else that you then prioritized gut healing and saw results or was it more just what you saw in the pharmaceutical industry whenever you were there?
1: For me, what led me down the rabbit hole was I spent the last five years of my career heavily focusing on the overuse of antibiotics. And so that actually is generating like all sorts of really dangerous super bugs that are, you know, going to be honestly more dangerous than cancer down the road if we keep on like we're doing, (laughs) unfortunately. So you have this whole component of antibiotics where we're generating these entire new microbes and superbugs that we can't even treat because we don't have antibiotics to treat them. We're overusing them, um, leading to that major, major issue. So, but then the other issue is how much the antibiotics impact our own bodies, um, and our gut health and literally just wipe out all the good bacteria that is housed in our gut. So they're going to kill the bad guys, but they're going to kill the good guys too. And so when that happens, there's so many downstream effects And in school, I just feel like we didn't really talk about that. It was just kind of like, I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, take a probiotic or it's just kind of like not that big of a deal. And so I got really interested in it because I was like, wow, I think these are actually really impacting people's health and especially children, because so many children are put on antibiotics for ear infections that do not require them or other just colds and their little bodies can't tolerate that as well. It's harder for them to rebuild all those good bacteria, even though it can impact adults too. So yeah, that's what got me researching it because not only antibiotics do that, but so many other drugs that are taken all the time. And then you think about like glyphosate and other chemicals that are people are taking in. And I kind of realized like, wow, I think a lot of the problems that people are having today when it comes to the leaky gut, which can be caused by antibiotics and other things and glyphosate, what can happen actually is there's like a, there can be a fungus overgrowth when all the good bacteria are stripped. And then those fungus can literally poke holes in that intestine lining. And that is what can make the gut leaky. So I was kind of realizing, I think, that a lot of the issues we're seeing today in children's ranging from even like ADD or ADHD to allergies to skin problems to mood. And all of those are touching adults too, right? These are not kid only problems. I think can be traced back a large proportion to, you know, the drugs we're taking, the food we're eating and how it's impacting our gut. Yeah.
0: I think something we forget to talk about a lot is the antibiotics that can be found in foods like meat, for example.
1: Right. Um, Yeah. What do you do about that? Or how do you avoid that kind of thing? I think when it comes to meat, Meat, I think, can actually be really healing or really harmful if you're not eating the right meat. So I think, unfortunately, meat has gotten a bad rap in today's society. It's like, oh, you know, vegan is healthy. Meat is its going to hurt you, all this stuff. And I think the issue is that the meat that we have created, the system in America, is not healthy. It's not healthy for the cows and the pigs. It's not healthy for us because they are just pumped full of steroids antibiotics, like hormones even. And so when you're eating that animal, you're also eating whatever they ate and whatever was pushed into them. And so I know some people that were eating terrible quality meat and then they stop eating it and then they feel better. And I'm like, well, it's probably because you were eating really terrible meat that you didn't want to be putting in your body anyways, versus eating meat that is organic. So the cows aren't eating grass that's been sprayed with glyphosate or whatever, and they're not treated with antibiotics, they're not treating with hormones and steroids and all the things, because that can impact you in a very, very strong way. Maybe not exactly the same way as taking a course of a strong antibiotic, but think about how often people eat meat day after day after day, especially the low quality kind that's offered at all the stores, served at fast food restaurants, and just becomes part of their own hormone system and can totally throw it off.
0: Yeah. So, how do you recommend going about healing? I think probably everybody has a damaged gut to an extent, unless you've been actively working on healing (laughs) it. Right. So, do you have any recommended resources, diets? Where do you Mm -hmm. suggest people start when they're trying to heal their gut?
1: Sure. So, healing the gut, I wish there was like a really easy answer to this, but just like all health and medicine and wellness, it's like very individualized. But I will say that for, pretty much all of us, if you remove the toxins out of your life, anything that's going to destroy the gut. So the meat that's got all that stuff in it, or like food that's full of seed oils and other ingredients you can't even read, like just doing the basics of just like, okay, even without going into like, Oh, you know, a stool test or this or that you can just start with, okay, we're going to eat real food. We're going to try a month of literally just eating food that's actually real. We're not going to eat processed foods, things like that. Some people just by completely changing what they're eating, maybe they're going to incorporate some movement in their life, which also supports healthy, good gut bacteria, which is amazing. Just eating real quality meat. And like real produce, just real food, not in packages, can be completely life-changing for like 90% of people. But then there's Mm -hmm. a portion of people that are like, okay, I did that, but I still have brain fog or I still have eczema or I still have, you know, like irritable bowels. And IBS can be like a word that's tagged on to like a hundred different root causes. So for some people, they might actually need to dig deeper. Maybe they need an elimination diet. You know, my husband, for example, his gut is sensitive to certain vegetables. So, for some people, those vegetables are totally fine, right? They can eat cabbage or they can eat mushrooms, and their gut is like, that's fine. But for other people, they're sensitive to that. So, even real foods, people have different sensitivities. And some people too might need to go off of a food. Like, say they go to real food for a month and like, okay, I still don't feel good. They could try, okay, we're going to go off dairy and egg whites for a month because those are super common triggers and that can give the gut a time to heal so if it is a trigger and all of a sudden you remove that inflammatory process it can heal itself become less leaky over time and people can even reintroduce quality butter reintroduce raw milk so it's just such a different process for people. Some people need to go off their prescription meds. They've been on for a long time and to develop a plan. Some people, some women go off the pill. Just some people are like, okay, I can't take ibuprofen every day. <laughs> you know, it's just such a different story. But there is kind of some basics where if people do have a problem beyond sensitivities, if they're like, okay, they have an overgrowth or maybe they have you know, like SIBO, you can work with a provider to like, remove that bacteria. Some people actually like, have to take an- a short course of antibiotics and then they replace that. It's a whole thing. So, yeah, it, it, a lot of it can be done at home in your own life, just especially with a food. And sometimes you need to work with a practitioner to know, okay, like, well, what am I sensitive to? Like, I'm eating clean, I'm working out, I'm getting my vitamin D, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the things, but I still don't feel right. Maybe your gut is sensitive to something and you might need to do some labs. So, you're not just like guessing. But I would say, I'll just throw this in there. I don't think adding on a lot of supplements is the secret to gut health. Like if you're working with people that are like, oh, you know, just take this magical collagen and, you know, like all my gut health cocktails, like I think it should start with lifestyle first. Then if you're like, okay, I'm going to try something to like little extra bonus, like go for it. But I just think we we tend to run towards like adding things on rather than just simplifying And thinking, how can I actually get to the root cause? Yeah, I definitely know what
0: you're talking about. I feel like the first thing you said was that 90% of people can heal their gut likely just by switching to a real foods diet. I'm always amazed at how well your body can heal itself whenever it's given the right things, or at least not given the offending things. It wants to heal. Your body wants to constantly, it's working on that. And so I think, like you said, for most people, that actually will be. The magic ticket for you is just to, you know, switch to real food. Now, one of the things that I know a lot of people recommended and, and I'm a big proponent of is incorporating fermented foods to add in good bacteria. So how do fermented foods contribute to gut health?
1: Sure. So there's two ways to kind of uh, beef up your good bacteria And one way is by giving them um, like extra good bacteria into your gut. So eating fermented foods is a really awesome way to do that. And I love all sorts of fermented foods. And ironically, um, this is very fascinating. But when my husband was working on healing his gut, he was recommended not to eat a lot of fermented foods for him specifically. So always listen to your body because some people's bodies react differently to different forms of even good bacteria. So that's a really important, no matter what you're doing with your health, always listen to your body, but oh my gosh, I love fermented foods and that's just, it's great. It's easy. And I think that's just often overlooked that like people for some reason, think if something's like in a pill bottle, it's going to, even as like a supplement bottle, it's going to be more effective than something on your plate. And that's just not true. I think what is on our plate is the most healing or damaging factor that we do one of the most for our health. But also another really amazing thing is you can feed the good bacteria and these are called prebiotics. And I love prebiotics because it's also found in real food and basically anything that is like a plant, like fruit or vegetable, and even meat is a prebiotic meat. I forget which strain of bacteria they promote, but even meat helps some really good bacteria populations thrive in your gut. So pomegranate is a really amazing prebiotic, um, apples, uh, leeks, plantains, but really it's any plant. It's just some are like, really, there's like been really solid research on it, like pomegranate, but it's easy. It's like when we eat the real food from the earth, when we eat the animals from the earth, how like how they should be eating. And when we eat the plants from the earth that aren't covered in glyphosate, we're we're just feeding our gut what it needs to, to let that good bacteria thrive. And I think it's just often not taken advantage of because, you know, it takes, intention and lifestyle change. But once you feel it, it feels so good.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So what are some of your favorite fermented foods in your own home? What are the things that you're incorporating every day? I feel like people get really overwhelmed with the idea of fermented foods because there are so many ways you can take it. There's a lot of different methods on how to do it. Even when it comes down to fermented vegetables, there's like 50 different ways that you can do that. You can introduce a starter culture, you can do whey, you can just do lacto fermentation. Mm. Then there's your milk kefir and water kefir and kombucha. Yeah. How do you simplify this into your own home? What are some of your go-tos? Yeah.
1: I'm honestly not like a ferment expert. I think part of it is when Rob, um, like he just doesn't eat a lot of fermented foods personally, and that his, his guts actually healed a ton and it's continuing to heal I don't know. I really haven't gone down that road of like experimenting a ton. Like we eat a lot of sauerkraut and kombucha. I actually want to make, start making goat milk kefir, but yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like an expert on that. We do love them. I'm sure there are better ways than others, but I would just say, if you're interested in it, don't like sweat the super small stuff, you know, like go for it. If you want to start fermenting your own food, if you feel good doing it, like I'm sure there's hundred different ways to do something, but find a way that works for you, research it, listen to your body and just go for it. That's how we do a lot in our house.
0: (laughs) Well, I actually, I actually love that though, because what we're saying is you don't have to be an expert. And so you're, you're like, Oh, we, we eat fermented foods in our house, but I'm not an expert. And it's like, you don't even have to be, you can seriously just ferment very basic things. Like you love sauerkraut and that's how we are too.
1: It's overwhelming. You listen to even like podcasts like ours. And if I'm listening, if I was listening to us, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, they probably, they know so much. And they're doing all the things in their houses. And you make all these presumptions, like people out there are doing, you know, so much more than you or better than you. And it feels overwhelming and you just don't want to start. Whereas we're all just doing the best we can with the time that we have. And you don't have to do everything like perfectly and you don't have to do all the things right. Like just take my main recommendation is whether you're fermenting foods, or you want to do sourdough, or you're wanting to try eating quality meat or whatever it is, just take that baby step and see how it feels and, and go for it. And, you know, I think that's good for kids too. always just being around a family that's trying different things to help them feel good and not feeling like you have to just like own it. You know, that's kind of how I am.
0: Well, and we've, we've fermented so many different foods in our home over the years, but we have our staples that we come back to again and again for a few reasons. One, we they are in our routine. We don't really have to think about, okay, how do I yeah. make this? It's very simple, easy. You don't have to look at a recipe, right? It's, you just know what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I feel like, you know, you're getting that good bacteria in mm-hmm. no matter if you're consuming 5,000 different fermented foods. Or if you just stick to the basics, like in our house, we always have sauerkraut with every meal. We have milk kefir every morning. We have yogurt. And those are the things that we're always consuming. But the other other ones are just like, yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. And even, you know, like even making your own yogurt, I think some people like, if you were to buy like quality yogurt from the store, it's like getting pretty pricey. (laughs) And it's like, that's another thing that is like on my list because it doesn't, it doesn't actually take that much time. And like you said once you get it in your routine and your rhythm it's so easy and it can be so nourishing yeah i want to take a quick pause in
0: this episode to tell you about a couple of sponsored things that i want to tell you about the first one is redmond real salt meg actually loves using redmond real salt in her home too she talks about that at some point in this interview and i also am a huge fan because when i'm making things from scratch in my kitchen I need a good quality salt. Redmond Real Salt is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners 15% off their order by using the link bit.ly forward slash farmhouse Redmond. You can do like I do and get a big old tub of salt. That way you never run out. We are getting salt constantly in this house. And when I run out, I have to go to the store and get less than ideal quality salt. Theo's awake down here. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want it to happen to me. And so make sure to go check out that link and stock up on salt. The next thing I want to tell you about is a page that I have created for all of my favorite kitchen tools. So fermenting lids, Bannatin baskets. I get asked about so many of the things that we use here in our kitchen, our cast iron skillets, our wooden utensils, canning lids and rings and all of that good stuff. You can find that over in my Amazon shop, amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Farmhouse on Boone. I have it organized under my favorite kitchen tools. You can find all of that there. I'm adding to it constantly things that I forgot that we use a lot, I'm going to leave it right there. All right, back to the episode. Do you have any sourcing tips? I'm going off the outline, but I'm thinking about like where you live. Where do you get your food?
1: Mm, that's good. We're actually kind of, I would say, newish to really trying to buy and support a lot more local Honestly, like we've only been where we are for a couple of years. And so we have a co-op that we go to. So they actually do source a lot locally, which I appreciate. We can get raw milk there, which is nice from like a co-op store. But otherwise we historically had shopped at places like Whole Foods and even Costco um, to get certain items. But just recently, we decided to try to start supporting more of our like local farmers. There's a farming town that's just north of us, and they have so much goodness and eggs and things like raw milk and meat. So actually, on Saturdays now, we've incorporated into our rhythm, going to pick up all of our meat for the week. Um, we'd actually love to do a cow share, which I would recommend to anybody because you can just buy like a quarter of a cow. It's way more cost-effective and you can support someone local. I love that idea for sourcing, but we're actually um not going to be in our town a lot this fall, so we're not buying large quantities of cow, but we're getting our ground beef, our steak, we're actually buying cow organs now too, heart and liver and bone marrow and it's like you're literally talking to the farmer, you can see the cows, you could take a tour, you could see like you know, ask all the questions and it just feels so good. Even eating like the meat this morning, I was like, I love that. I like literally know where this comes from. And we talked to the farmer and I know not everybody has the opportunity. So I would say, don't feel like bad if you can't do that, but if it's within your reach, you can even sometimes be a part of like a CSA, which is pretty cool. You can take your kids often and like volunteer at some of these places and then go do your like pickup of your produce. So there's so many ways to support like local farms. And usually they're within like half an hour of most towns. So yeah, I would just say take baby steps. That's what we're doing. Do we still buy a lot of produce from Whole Foods? Yeah. But are we like starting somewhere? Yeah. And I think that's what's important.
0: Yeah. So I was going to really quick ask you, what do you do with the uh, liver and the heart? Do you have any good recipes that people, because I think we're people (laughs) get really scared of that.
1: Yeah, I know we're total newbies. Like we've been doing it a month with the organ meat, okay. but organ meat, the, I've really been reading a lot and it's so nutrient dense, especially with nutrients that you can't get from vegetables and fruit, um, and B vitamins. Mm-hmm. I actually am already feeling a lot better. And it's only been a month of doing the, like increasing my red beef and the liver. And I've kind of been dabbling in the bone marrow mostly because I forget to take it or eat it. But as far as recipes, I know a lot of people grind it up with the beef. So they can, they add some like heart and liver Mm -hmm, and make like meatballs. And so it's, you can like really the taste is completely disguised. And then you can serve it like with whatever spaghetti or meatballs and veggies or whatever you eat and your kids won't even know what they're eating. So we're going to actually start doing that because we, have some heart <laughs> in a refrigerator. It's so weird to say, but as far as liver, I, I've been eating it raw and I just take it. Like mm-hmm. I put a piece of my mouth, a small piece, and then I just take it down like a shot. So I have like some of my adrenal cocktail or just a glass of water and I'll take like seven small little pieces. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't even chew it. I literally take it like it's a pill and it's so easy. It literally tastes like nothing. It doesn't have a taste. Yeah. But it has a unique texture. So my husband can like chew it and he's like a I don't know. He's next level. But yeah. yeah, I I kind of like just swallowing it. It's so easy. <laughs> but otherwise, some people have these amazing European recipes with like onions and liver and you know, like duck fat. And I think we'll get there someday. But right now I'm just taking her down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I did all through my third pregnancy because I was trying to I was trying to get my iron up. And so I was taking raw beef liver, Mm -hmm. chopping it into small bits or freezing it, then chopping it into small Mm -hmm. bits. And I put it in a bag. So it'd be like small bits in a bag. And then I would take down like several. And that was a really effective way to do it because I used to, like way back in the day, like a decade ago, I would, like you said, put the liver in with the ground beef and make a meatloaf. But you do have to do it in small proportions or you definitely can tell the taste. Whereas things like heart and tongue, honestly, heart and Mm -hmm. tongue are tasty. Like they they taste just like the other cuts. Liver, not so much. I, I do not like it. I have to admit. Yeah. I don't like it.
1: But if it's frozen and you're doing what we do, it's literally like, it's honestly easier for me to take that. I take a magnesium capsule every day and I think the liver is easier to swallow than the magnesium capsule. Yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely do it like really small because I've had, I remember like cutting it too big and it being frozen and being like, Oh, I got a little stuck in there.
1: Uh, so yeah. yeah, I know. I'm sure people are gagging right now. Yeah. It can get so it like a good chaser know. too. I feel like if I'm chasing it with my adrenal cocktail, which is like tastes delicious versus my water. It's just a nice experience.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what is this adrenal cocktail? I've been following people who are in the pro metabolic health community, which is like a whole new world for me. Mm -hmm. And I've been hearing about adrenal cocktails. And so, yeah, tell me about, about this. This is all new to me.
1: Yeah. I honestly didn't really like jump on the bandwagon um, on purpose. I personally, I think overdid my own life and my own nervous system last year. And we just went through a season of, A lot of change. We moved a year and a half ago. We gutted a house. I mean, it was disgusting and renovated it. And then my husband, we knew he was gonna lose his job with the fire department because of mandates. And our life just was oh that's right. I forgot about very, Mm -hmm. you know, swirly. And I actually, and that's all kind of while my account here was growing and it was great because we needed you know, a livelihood. But I think what happened to me personally is I just, um, and I felt really passionate. I still do. I think I just worked too hard and we were a bit in a like state of fight or flight. I feel like for a whole year and my body crashed earlier this year and I didn't know what was going on. I had some signs of like, Oh, I don't, maybe do I have like adrenal fatigue or I didn't know what was going on. Um, but I think what happened is my symptoms actually created anxiety in me (laughs) because I was like, what is happening? And it was just odd because the season of stress was over Mm -hmm. and then my body kind of broke down. So anyways, I realized that my nervous system was just taxed. And so when that happened, I was like, okay, I got to take a break, right? Lifestyle. This all goes back to lifestyle. And of course I saw doctors that were like, oh, you should consider these like four medications and like all this stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> no, I just, I think I just need to go like be, get some vitamin D and relax. So anyways, changed my lifestyle the last few months, definitely slowed down. But on top of that, instead of taking medications or anything, I was like, I'm going to do these adrenal cocktails and see if it helps because what happens is your adrenals can get taxed. So they, they put out cortisol and what can happen is you can have like the fatigue that the stress, the chronic stress gives to your body, obviously fatigue. And then all of a sudden it's not putting out cortisol, which you actually need. And so your nervous system becomes, can become very dysregulated when that happens. And so for people who do have adrenal fatigue, which, you know, a lot of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue could be other things, but they include things like brain fog. You're tired. You have like kind of those crashes during the middle of the day. And you're like, you have to have coffee or else you just can't get through weight gain. Uh, just all sorts of things. And so of course those could be caused by other things, but many people I actually think in today's Mm -hmm. society are living in quasi fight or flight. Like we're literally always just Mm -hmm. going and pinging and checking our email and getting on Instagram and making dinner and like just running around like crazy people. I really don't think we're designed to live like this. And our bodies are telling us that, like our bodies are telling us, you're not supposed to be on your phone all day. Like it is, your brain is just in constant high alert. And when your brain is in constant high alert, And when you're in that fight or flight, your adrenals will get taxed. And so what can help is adrenal cocktails. Um, It's basically just like a great little punch of some salts and minerals. So most adrenal cocktails have salt in it, which supports your adrenals, magnesium, potassium, and vitamin C. And so it's pretty simple. You can just mix like orange juice with water or coconut water. And I add a little bit of heavy cream <laughs> because there's, you know, orange juice has a lot of sugar in it. So it kind of makes it like an orange Julius, but you don't have to add the heavy cream. I love it. Some people do coconut mm. milk, and then you can just add cream of cream of tartar, which is actually just potassium. Yeah. You can get that at the store. So that's potassium and then salt. So I just use Redmond real salt. Cause that also has 60 trace minerals in it, which is awesome. Oh, So you want really? a quality salt, get your potassium. I add in, um, magnesium powder. And then the OJ, I don't even do a ton of orange Mm -hmm. juice, but just, you know, I do a little bit, maybe 50, 50, or I don't know, 60, 40 to the, to the OJ. And it doesn't have to be a big drink, you know, just like a, kind of like a cocktail. You don't have like a huge cup of it. Right. And then when you add in the, the, the cream, it is actually really yummy and some ice. So it's going to be kind of sweet, a little salty and I mean, I drink about one a day, but some people notice a big difference, like literally like right away. Like if your adrenals are pretty taxed and you hit your body with those minerals, it's going to feel pretty good. Like right away. For me, it's more like, I don't feel like it hits me like that, but I like the way it tastes and I think it helps. So.
0: (laughs) So do you have like a certain time per day whenever
1: you find it most effective to take that? Some people find it most effective during like their common slump time. So 10 a.m. or 2 p.m. Okay. I would say I usually do it in the afternoon because, you know, for me, there's that point in the afternoon where I'm like, oh, you know, like a a little coffee sounds good. Or you just kind of like want to pick me up. And I feel like the adrenal cocktail is like a good spot for that. (laughs) Yeah. So rather than having like an afternoon snack that you don't need or a coffee that's just going to like tax, like, you know, and that's another reason. I think that a lot of people's adrenals are taxed is we're just like crushing the coffee, which impacts cortisol. So it's a really good alternative to that in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get on
0: that bandwagon. Cause I've been hearing about this adrenal cocktail a lot. And then also a lot of people have been talking about raw carrot
1: salads. Are you familiar with that too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's another whole thing. I know <laughs> it is a whole thing. I have not like done that consistently. I know it's um, you know, it's supposed to support healthy estrogen levels, which is great. I used to eat a lot of raw, raw vegetable salads, like carrots and cabbage and peppers, but my body recently has been craving more like cooked veggies. So I'm just listening to my body, but yeah, it seems like a good idea. I don't have anything negative to say about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, this whole, uh, community is like completely new to me and I love exploring into different diet things and health things. And so I do find it really, really interesting. Are there any other foods that you eat every day? So you've talked about liver Mm. and you've talked about your adrenal cocktail. I'm assuming you eat some form of fermented foods every day, but are there any other foods that are like, you need to make sure to incorporate them every single day?
1: Mm, That's good. I would say eggs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So egg, eggs, I just think are one of nature's superfoods and they are so easy to get, or you can have your own chickens. I've actually did a blood test when I wasn't feeling well a couple months ago. I was like, I need to make sure I'm okay. <laughs> and one of those tests was for sensitivities and I actually came up to have an egg white sensitivity. Hmm. Wow. So I've been eating egg yolks Okay. Um, the last couple months. Because what can happen often is when you have a sensitivity, if you stop eating the food that's causing that, you can, your gut can heal over that time. Like you said, our bodies are designed to heal and then usually can always reintroduce. But yeah, eggs contain so many vitamins and nutrients. And I like to think of things like eggs or liver as being very nutrient dense. And so like vegetables have a lot of nutrients and minerals, vegetables and plants, but they're not necessarily nutrient dense you know what I mean? Like, but if you eat like a few eggs, like you're really packing the punch there. So for breakfast this morning, actually we had like organic grass fed beef and I had two egg yolks and I usually always eat a half an avocado every day because it's delicious. And I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So good. (laughs) avocado and then we usually had like we have like a root vegetable with it. I love potatoes and potatoes are a great prebiotic food, feeding those good bacteria. And this is not every day, but in in this season we eat like a mango every single day and it's okay will change your life. (laughs) I love mango. (laughs) Also what's really important to us when it comes to the everyday, I think is what is locally like what's in season, right? So that's important. And then also um what you're cooking with. So be really aware of how you're cooking your eggs, your meat, your veggies, right? Cause that is greatly going to impact your health. So we avoid the seed oils, the inflammatory oils, and we have really been focusing on like organic grass-fed butter, ghee, we have a jar of the baking grease because mm-hmm. that is healthier than eating, yeah. you know, like Hard. an oil, sometimes even olive oil, cause you're cooking it and then it's getting oxidized and it's becoming a chemical that is not good for you. And we're going to start actually using tallow more. So Mm -hmm. we like getting butter in our diet and we just started doing raw milk more too. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. All
0: good nutrient dense packed
1: things. So tell us where we can
0: follow along for more of your, like, what all do you share on your Instagram and
1: what and where to follow you? Sure. So I share sorts of stuff so a lot of what we talked about today um but also just like how to do it in your family um in a way that feels like easy and sustainable is really important to me because i feel like it can be overwhelming and i also share about you know medications there is a role for certain medications for certain seasons of life for some people but i talk about potential harm And I talk about the healthcare system sometimes (laughs) and just faith and family. And yeah, we have fun. Anyways, you can find me at my Instagram handle is a little bit of a mouthful, but it's a whole health life, like a, and then W H O L E health life. And that's just because I feel like our health is really, if you're not treating your whole body and you're just you know, like plain whack-a-mole or just piling on supplements, you're not really going to heal. And and God designed us to heal, you know, and to feel alive and well. And so just whole health is real important to me.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I encourage people to go over there and follow along with all that you continue to share and inspire. And thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to chat. Thanks for having me, Lisa. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Make sure to go follow up with Meg from A Whole Health Life over on her Instagram. Follow along with all that she has to share. As always, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast.